This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, Dre, Jay, is it just me? Or are you guys having a hard time finding pickup games and leagues to play around you, man? Well, actually, I found an easy way to play sports again. Javelin is a mobile app made by a Toronto-based company whose goal it is to make it easier to play sports. If you have a team or group of players who you want to play with on the regular, you can just use Javelin to message your teammates, coordinate events that track who's in and who's out. Oh, also, if you're just looking to join a pickup game in your area, you can introduce yourself in one of their public pickup groups to connect with players near you. Yeah, Javelin has made it their goal to help people return to sports after the pandemic. As part of their promotion, they're offering everything in their app for free for everyone who signs up. So check out javelinsportsinc.com to join a pickup game and sports league in your area right now. Oh, fancy. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. There it is. Well, first of all, I want to say Happy New Year to you both. Uh, It sucks that we hadn't had a chance to be with one another, but I'm glad we got a chance to be with our loved ones as much as we could. And I appreciate both you for the Christmas gifts. You did not have to do that, but I I love Jay. I love the Boba shirt. it's and what as soon as I opened it, uh, Christine was so jealous of me. Like she, she ran around the the of our apartment. She's like, "God damn it!" Because we've been trying to get that forever, and it's been sold out as soon as it was available. So she's very jealous. And Dre, I've already sent. I've already spent the thirty bucks on Amazon. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty much. I, I think I bought something already, like and shipped it to me. Uh, be, like the day you got, you gave it to me. It's already been used, so I appreciate you both. Hey, likewise, man. It's it's, uh, it's. I was saying this to Dre when I passed by his place. It's, it's the season of giving, right? And I find, yeah, uh, it's there's there's way more joy in in seeing the looks on your faces when you get gifts, right? Versus, I mean, that's yeah. it's how we evolve as adults, right? Where we find more joy in giving than than receiving. And I think, like, yeah. I think I was asked this question, or I saw this question. I was like, "What is?" Oh no, no, no. I think Walder said this. Walder said this on his podcast with his uh, fiance, and he was like, "What do you like more, giving or receiving, on Christmas?" Mm-hmm. And it's one hundred percent giving. It has yeah. it has to be giving like receiving is fine, but like you just you, you never need anything, right? Like 
it most yeah. of the time it's it, it you feel really bad at least for me i feel really bad but like when i give something to somebody who like want something and when you could offer that to them it's it's a great feeling that could be a selfish thing <laughs> to be honest <laughs> but i don't know i like giving things man i, I like the I like how the the nba is giving giving all the health and safety protocols to other teams other than the raptors well knock on wood we, is utah is utah out of health and safety yet yeah yeah he's out he is okay yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's out <laughs> i i I hope so, at least. Um, he is out. Yeah, I, the latest injury report. So we should we should also point out that we are recording this Monday evening, the day after right. the Raptors defeat the Pelicans and push their six winning game streak winning streak. Maybe that's yeah, six man, and and We're also this is, attention. Yeah, and and this is they're, they're three games over five hundred. The first time they've been that far over five hundred since the bubble, which feels like wow. ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so latest injury report has has Utah out of the health and safety protocol. So he should be hopefully. I mean, I don't. I, what I don't know is I, actually I don't think he's going to be even doing some because um, some of these players they do some reconditioning or and so they they actually sit out a game or two right. while they get back into game shape. But he's not on that report either. So he All should right. be good to go for Tuesday against the Suns. On the flip side. A name has entered the injury report, and that's Scotty Barnes. Uh, he's questionable with uh, knee soreness. Um, I think you, if you were watching the Pels game, you, there was a point where he banged knees with. Mm-hmm. I, I think who. it was. I think it was JV. No. Or, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I think yeah. it was JV. And I believe that uh, Gary Trent is also questionable as well. Yeah. So the two of them oh. are questionable, which kind of mm-hmm. sucks because really. It's the Suns. They're they have yeah. they're tied with the Warriors for the best record in the NBA, and you kind of want all hands on deck for that one. But uh, hopefully, it, they're they're both on board for for the game. So let me just say first of all, um, if if you are first listening to this for, for That's Rep Podcast, I appreciate you uh, and welcome to That's Rep Podcast, a podcast by fans uh, for Raptors fans and Raptors fans. Let's try our very freaking best as much as Simu Liu is doing as well wow. is to retweet, tweet out, hashtag Fred Van Vliet, hashtag NBA All-Star. Please, let's Eastern get this player of the week. Eastern, Eastern player of the week. Eastern, yeah, Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and I believe we're going to do like a little trivia too, because I think this is the eleventh time that an, an that a Raptor oh. has made the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So I don't know the other times or the other players that have been, but we're going to do a little trivia. Okay, first guys, can we talk about Fred? I know we talked about like at length of of, of why he should be in our previous episode, which was about three weeks ago. So I'm really glad that we can talk again. <laughs> a lot has happened. New Year's have happened. Christmas happened. If you're celebrating it, but now six game winning streak again. We are recording this on January 10th, the day before we face the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. Uh, Fred is not only playing All Star level, yo, he's playing like freaking MVP level. Am I go? Am I crazy? Like, he he is going. The couple of times he's been going supernova. The last game where he had to basically save us uh, from embarrassment against the Pelicans, who don't, who aren't very good. And that third quarter, oh man, he. Okay, first of all, let's just let's just put it out there. Fred Van Vliet's an all star. Jay Dre, is there? How much can we? How? how 
how much constraint should we go on for Evan Bleed? Because we can go on for an hour. <laughs> um, I feel like MVP might be taking it too far. However, I feel like... Do you like, think so, though? Well, like, if uh, he's playing like this the entire year, do you think that's going to be a stretch? I'll say this, because there's been a lot of breakouts this year. Like, DeRozan is, like, going crazy. Morant is going crazy. But I'll say this. I feel like people have to start putting Fred Van Fleet in the most improved player conversation because I feel oh. like that would that to me is not a stretch. That to me is main objective. Did he fill in the space of Kyle Lowry once he left? And the answer right now is while he's not Kyle Lowry because kind of nobody's Kyle Lowry, um, that vacant spot has been filled. And we can rely on this guy. And you brought him up as MVP. And that's because he's become this leader of this team, this reliable force. And, you know, the league is recognizing it as well. We're in playoff contention, which, I'll be honest, I did not expect us to be at all this season. But here mm-hmm. we are. And I'm actually liking our odds right now. It's actually looking pretty good. Um, and a lot of that is a testament to how Van Vliet has single-handedly tried to carry the team on his back. And he's allowed people like Pascal to shine when he was getting a lot of criticism. Uh, You know, other players like Barnes and Trent Jr. to to really, really become the best versions of themselves, you know, to the point that if it wasn't for all of these uh, COVID protocols and whatnot, and now this, this latest with Barnes, Barnes would be heads and shoulders at the top of rookie of the year conversations. I sincerely believe that. And I, I believe that Fred is a big reason as to why for a lot of this. So maybe in the bigger picture of MVP, but when it comes, when you pull it down to like the top three, it's a little hard because there's been a lot of great, great playmaking this year, great team leading this year. Mm -hmm. But Van Vliet, though, I feel like he's got to be a part of the MIP conversation now. I never thought about that. Jay, what about you, brother? I don't have him. I, I do not have him winning any awards, but I do have him getting quite a few accolades. I think we're we're actually past the point now where we need to petition for him to be an all-star. I'm sure getting promoted by an Avenger is surely some great help. Thankfully, the <laughs> the voting is is, you know, Fans are just one third, um, not to discredit what all of us are currently doing, trying to get Fred some votes there. But, mm. um, you know, the, the the players and no, sorry, it's the media and the coaches who ultimately decide the other two thirds. And I think that they are all seeing, you know, the effect that Van Vliet's having. And I guess in uh, in, in respect to the, the discussion about his his impact, I mean, obviously, I'll go the numbers route here and say that if you look at plus minus, um, looking at what the player brings, like how a team performs when he's on the court, and then add in how poorly they do when he's off the court, he is number two in the NBA behind Nikola Jokic wow. in terms of overall plus minus. So that impact alone speaks to what he means to the team and um and and what he's able to bring in it's funny because like if i think about when we had our preseason pod we were talking about okay well what does this team need to do to thrive and can og because remember og in the preseason was looked fantastic and we were thinking could he possibly while siakam is out with his shoulder injury could og step in the limelight as the number one guy and we were talking about the wrong raptor 
with Fred Van Vliet's rise to being the number one, like the go-to leader on this team, both on and off the court, Siakam has fallen very, very nicely into that number two role again, like he mm-hmm. did Which he's behind perfect. Kawhi. He's perfect for that, right? Yeah. And yeah, so I, I would I would say that he's um, he's Fred's ascension does so much beyond just what he's doing on the court. It, it does so much for 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 Pascal as well, and then even pushing OG's uh, impact down to that tertiary scorer, or even Scotty Barnes. It's great. I mean, it's. Uh, I like the way the team is constructed and mm-hmm. you know, now that we're, everyone's finally healthy, we're, we're trying to, we're finally starting to see that impact. And I think one other thing I would like to add is uh, outside of what I was trying to get at with Fred, not really needing that push anymore to be an all-star. I think if he continues at this pace, I think all NBA is something that we can start to discuss. Yes. Maybe not right now, but if he continues this pace, we can start to talk about him being one of the top six guards by the end of the season. So like, there, like third, Third team, maybe. Yeah, all the NBA third. I yeah. mean, that's that's in the cards right now. The way the way the Raptors yeah. are playing, and yeah, he's 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 gonna get some recognition if he keeps playing like this. I just I, there's so much like okay, man. I don't want this to be like a like a Fred VanVleet or Toronto Raptors propaganda because like this is only six game win streak is very impressive, but it, it's not like we've really played that hard. Com- competitive wise i mean all the teams that we have won against in the six game road trip or six game winning streak hasn't had have had you know some sort of issue when it comes to their top players but a wins a wins a wins a wins so the next couple of games is going to be very interesting when it comes to the suns who are healthy we'll see what the bucks are coming up um to see if Giannis is going to play in that one and the january is actually very interesting because we got hornets bulls heat hawks heat bulls hawks hornets like all all these all these teams that were in the race in the standings like you said trey that are were were quite in the mix of it and if the cavaliers lose today we're basically tied for sixth place and it's it's getting kind of tight i'm not i'm not you know it's we're right now at this very moment where we're recording we're 20 and 17 that's in the beginning of the season like we're undefeated in 2022 right now, you know, it, I, again, I, I'm, I'm excited because what we've seen from Fred is unlike we've really seen from anyone else uh, as a Raptor. Uh, like, so there are so many stats and Jay, I know you love stats. Uh, so I'm going to try to fire out some things that have been really, really, really impressive uh, in the last eight games or the best eight game scoring streak in franchise history via Chris Black on Twitter. Number one is DeMar DeRozan with 34.1. Number two, Vince Carter, 32.4. Number three, Kawhi Leonard, 31.6. Chris Bosh, 30.9. And number five, Fred Van Vliet with 30.6. Another crazy stat. Most three point field goal in eight game span in NBA history, NBA history. Stephen Curry was 64. Tied for second, Damian Litter, James Harden, 57. Number four, Paul George. Number five, Fred Van Bleet with 47. Damn. Another crazy stat. Last six games, Fred has been going. He's he's supernova. 30, 30 points per game, eight rebounds per game, five assists per game, 49 field goal percentage, 46 three-point percentage, 96 free throw percentage. He's going crazy. He's going crazy. And I want to shout out Aaron Rose for putting this out there. 
and I know that we spoke about Siakam, and I think he's playing a really big role too, but not not just for himself, for his team, and I think he's a really good like you know, Pippin uh, to to a Jordan. But with when when Siakam was out with the shoulder injury, Fred uh, basically before November seventeenth, he was making one point three catch and shoot makes. 2.9 catch and shoot attempts with a percentage of 44.8 since November 7 when Siakin came back that has increased the catch and shoot makes to 2.6 catch and shoot attempts to 4.9 with a 52.8 percentage so I think I think Fred has to actually thank Siakam for taking on more of the responsibility on the court, giving him more freedom to kind of run around like the Steph Curry or the Clay Thompson and and be having that freedom to shoot and not worry about needing to have the ball all the time. I feel like that tandem of Fred and Siakam is really improving for and really important for Fred. So if, if if Siakam is out there, I feel like Fred is going to continue to play this way. What do you guys think about all those crazy-ass stats? I'm just going to add a cherry on top of one of those. That last one you talked about with, with catch and shoot, um, that just to put that into context, so if he's shooting over 50% on catch and shoot threes, just to put that in context, so, and actually the number is, uh, he's actually right at 50% right now on the season, 2.2 out of 4.4, so... He's at 50% catch and shoot threes. Put that in context. That is equivalent to a Giannis layup. So when Giannis <laughs> is within, I think it's Giannis and LeBron, both within three feet of the basket, their percentage is roughly around 51%. Can you imagine that? Like, think about that for a second. Yeah. Like, that's how automatic Fred's catch and shoot threes are right now. It's absolutely ridiculous yeah do you think what number one number one do you think that he would actually do well if he was asked to be in the three-point contest and number two is it just his threes that's been impressive or is there something else of his repertoire that like makes him i don't know so hard to guard and nowadays And, and even he said it in in his like uh i think uh, after practice with the with the media, he was like, he's been getting or getting a lot of attention. He's been number one. Op- he's the number one option for the for the team at least, and he's also been getting a lot of box and one against him, which is quite ironic. So, what do you think it's about? What what's Fred doing? Is it just like being automatic at three, or is there something else that he's doing on the floor that we can't really see with the naked eye? It's a disservice to say that he's only good at three because that's the Freddie coming off the bench when we had that bench squad. The, you know, mm. the Freddy during our championship Bench run. Mob, yeah. Yeah. That guy was good at three. This guy is learning. And I'm not saying that he's as good as Steph Curry because I think that's a stretch, but he's learning to do what Steph Curry had to do. Learning how to, you know, scope the floor, get by defenders, um, you know, find the open person, get the, get the three bodies on him and then find the open person. He's finding really good ways to actually lead in this position because I feel like a big misconception for a guard nowadays is to be able to shoot the three ball. Being able to shoot is one thing, but to be able to create your own shot, to be able to always be open, to be able to actually carry the ball, you know, dribble through defenders, mm-hmm. attract a lot of people, find the open person. This is what he's learning to do. And he's gotten really good at 
being the primary guard option because to be a, a you know to be good at shooting threes means that that's kind of your role. You just stand there and you shoot threes. That's he's so much more capable than that. I feel like he's really versatile. He just happens to be really good at shooting threes. I think what Listen, also can... is is helping helping him out is that his uh, his drives to the basket. If you remember the in the previous seasons, whenever he drives to the basket, his height really did play a factor he'd be blocked a lot he had i think one of the lowest percentages shooting at the rim in the entire nba for several for at least one or, or it's at least the last two seasons but that number has improved also dr- quite dramatically to the point where he's above league average in shots at the rim i think that what that does is that makes that another tool that defenders have to worry about is okay if he's cutting What's he behind, like from paint Oh, I, I don't know what the number is. It, it if if it's it depends on if it's in like the the mid mid range or if it's like within three feet. I believe what I'm referring to is like those within three feet range oh, shots. I see, I see. He's over. I want to say he's somewhere in the sixty percent range, something like that. But like he's, I think that number seems kind of high now that I say it out loud. But anyways, his numbers at the rim are way higher to the point where now they have to respect that, and that just. Mm-hmm. That means that they have to guard against him driving to the basket, which affords him a little bit of space from three. And then I guess bring back in what you guys were saying earlier about the effect of Siakam and Scotty Barnes is both of their ability to draw defenders and their ability to pass so well out of those situations has allowed Fred to finally be that catch and shoot player that we've wanted him to be this whole time. Because up until this season, it's always been Fred, dribble 12 times and try to make yourself open through a, a right. valley of screens. Now he just runs around without the ball and, and gets it and, you know, Bob's your uncle. There, There's your three-pointer right mm. there. I think it helps when you have other people who can handle the ball outside of Fred. Like, the, the amount of times that Fred has been on the floor and given it to either Scotty or Siakam or even Trent at times to just bring up the ball and facilitate and him kind of, he, it's almost like he's, uh, I don't know, directing without having to be the point guard who brings up the basketball. Like he's, he basically starts an action um, knowing that he's going to get the ball back eventually because he, he, he has to. Uh, but out, outside of him just like dribbling up the ball, he doesn't facilitate. He doesn't have to manage the team with the ball in his hand all the time. And that's, it's such a luxury to have other players who can uh, handle the ball and also agree really be really great passers like Siakam and like Barnes. So let's, you know, again, all-star Fred Van Vliet, man, all-star. He like, if the, the fans aren't going to do it, then, then, then the, the coaches have to, or the media has to, because come on, 10th place, the people who are ahead, who the players who are, are ahead of him, and I'm not discrediting them, at least I'm discrediting one of them. No, no, Kai, we, we, Kai, we are definitely discrediting them. Go ahead. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Come on. Go. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving is going to be in the All-Star, or or have is is above Fred Van Vliet in, in the All-Star voting. He's played one game, and he's not even allowed to play in New York. Are you kidding me, man? Give the Come other on. name. Give the other name. We got to rile up Dre. Go. Who else Tyler is above Hero? Fred? Tyler no, Hero. No, not him. Not him. The, oh, gosh. Not, okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> no, the other one. The other one that's okay. going to rile up Dre. Okay. Who else is above tell me, him? 
tell me, okay. Derek Rose is above him in oh. voting. Yeah, right, 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 right. But that, that's that's Derek Rose, though. I mean, you're the Lord. guy could also sit out a season and still get votes. Like, this, you're talking to somebody who's obsessed with, with movies and music, and I don't mean to alienate every single person listening, but this is the problem with user-based voting strategies when it comes to ranking the top whatever in any field so you know it, this to me this is like and this is where it's going to get really spicy um like the top 250 on indb you're allowed to think the dark knight is a great film it is a great film but top five <laughs> ever above like you know crazy stuff like casablanca citizen kane and this is what the every year the all-star voting reminds me of this where it's like either it's a joke like when Taco Fall was like number one in voting or something crazy like that. Wasn't, it was, wasn't Zaza yeah, was. a, 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 on voting too? Like Zaza Pachulia's? Yeah, Zaza he was. was. Yeah. Zaza Pachulia almost made it. So it's either a joke or it's this level of favoritism where it's like this notion of like, well, we got to vote for Kyrie because it's, it's Kyrie. Kyrie didn't play a freaking game until like what was it last week a week ago yeah yeah he only played one game and i think he's a fantastic player as well but like sometimes it's just not a guy's year what yeah and a lot of a lot of uh fans get really annoyed when it goes down to like the media and the coaches and stuff selecting the rest because it's like oh but we voted for this person they didn't make it what kind of a voting system is this yeah you're the same people who would have voted for sasa pachulia to make it like the angle breaker, like this. Yeah. Pe- people vote very irrationally where I notice online with so many things, that's either a one out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. It's like, you know, the gray area exists guys. And it's the same thing with this, this, this blind fanaticism. So like, yeah, on, on one hand, it, it, I, I feel like the people have spoken, but on the other hand, and I say this as a fan of Derek Rose, like you, you gotta be kidding me! Like he's coming off the bench. Like <laughs> well, I don't, man. I don't mean to be a, a jerk or anything, but well, I think that the NBA has actually gotten it right it, because while other leagues continue to just rely solely on fan voting and then mm-hmm. having the coaches fill in the reserves, mm-hmm. what they've done is is I think a good recipe of of making sure that those outliers don't make it right. So even if Jaja Pachulia ends up finishing first <laughs> in votes. That only makes up one third of the final voting, as it were, right? So I, I like the way that the NBA has it kind of figured out. Yeah. Um, and I think one other quick All Star note here is, I mean, to see the effect of your guy who doesn't deserve it but may end up being amongst the top two or three. Andrew Wiggins got a, a vote of confidence from one of the BTS members, Ooh, and that point. alone good. will give you millions of votes. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe yeah. he's he, he's right. almost already. I'm sure because uh, the, the I think the voting results are at least halfway or, or something came out on January 6th. So the voting update will will be done in when it will be done. I think two, at least two more weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So right at this moment, like Andrew Wiggins already has about a million, million votes. So to think about, yeah, you're right. The think think about like having the fan vote and just be one third is kind of, it soothes my heart a little bit because you can't have LaMarcus Aldridge have more votes than Fred Van Vliet, man. But it's also and, and, annoying because yeah. it's like, do I think Andrew Wiggins deserves to be in the All-Strike game? Actually, 
Yeah, as a reserve, I don't see why he couldn't be. But people are voting not because they believe in him, but because a BTS member told them to. Like, guys, come on, you got to be serious here. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's nothing against BTS. This could be, like, my favorite band of all time. My favorite celebrity of all time. I'm not going to vote for them just because they told me to. Like, you got to vote on your own, like, you know, with your own logic and your own feelings. Mm -hmm. Not just because a BTS member told you to. Like, I'm sorry. This is getting me more worked up than the Derek Rose thing. <laughs> like, well, no, if yeah. if you if you're going to vote on who you think is an all star, all you need to see is the Raptors down eighty four seventy, and the shortest guy in the court scores fifteen points in a row <laughs> on his own. By guys, himself. like that's pretty what, good. What was like? I, I got to ask this, like. What was going through your mind as that was happening? Because I got to tell you, I, I was trying not to be all like hyperbol uh, hyperbolic with you guys, but I, I mentioned in our group chat, that is up there with Kawhi Game 5. Like in terms of one man just absolutely taking over a game in a Raptors uniform. I mean, am 100%. I crazy? 100%. No, because I believe it was Aaron Rose who who tweeted, or it might have been Josh Lindbergh, uh, only five times in history or six times in history that a that a man has gone 15 points in O by himself and the last person to do that was Kawhi in 2019 and the fact when Fred no, I think it was Morris Peterson was it oh, no, no, no 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 sorry 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 you're right you're right it was no it no, was no 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 it can't, was Kawhi it, it, right. no, yeah. it, I think in NBA history too so the fact that Fred did that by himself like i outside of what john Morant did yesterday with that block and basically hitting his own armpit on backboard i haven't <laughs> had my jaw drop for that long watching that fred basically will his team to and he was dead time i'm pretty sure he played the entire third quarter he did and he did. and the, i don't know if you remember but when uh utah was basically in shock and awe like didn't know what the hell just happened to them Whoever whoever had the ball at the last second of the third quarter tried to pass it across court. Fred actually picked it off for to have a steal, and then he shot at half court and almost made it. I tell you, if he made that last second shot in the third quarter, thought, I, I thought right it was going in. I was like, I the thought way it was this going in too. Going. <laughs> I thought it was going in too. Holy crap! That that must have been like out again outside of Kawhi. That might have been the best like span of play I've ever watched from Raptors history. There's been Vince Carter. There's been, uh, there's been DeMar Rosen, uh, at certain distance, Kyle Lowry, of course, of course, Kawhi Leonard. And now you can have to cement Fred Van Vliet as one of the best performers I've ever seen. And I don't think that's hyperbolic. I think that's real and, to and go one more, 15 and oh. One more. I would add to that. I would also add that in the top two moments where I wish there were fans. That yes, that yes. OG's buzzer no, beater. That's, that's it. Ooh, okay. That's those fair. are the two. Um, I wish there were fans. And the, the ironic part is OG's buzzer beater. If there were fans, it actually would have been in Boston. But that would have actually <laughs> made, made it even better. That's a, but, that's a good point. That's a good but, point. Yeah, that's okay. that's one of those moments. I wish there were fans for that one. Here's another question I have asked you guys. Having fans there is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, obviously, but we are undefeated with fans out. Not there, okay. And I'm, I'm not. Of course, I'm joking around. I want fans in there, of course. But do you think that the 
not having not having fans relieve some pressure for someone like Fred to be like, okay, I don't have to focus on all the hoopla that's going around me. I don't have to focus about all these talking heads and all these people that I have to, you know, celebrate with or celebrating me or something like that. When you're in like an empty gym, you kind of feel like you're back in, I don't know, practice, you're back in your youth days. The, you know, with all the flashing lights and all these people around you, do you think that it would have actually happened if fans were there? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's some. I think about this sometimes. Like, honestly, these guys are playing better without fans right now. Um, I don't, I don't know if it would have relieved pressure or made them more feel more pressurized. If we were in New York or Boston or Philly, you know, these places with very hostile fan bases, yeah, there's a very big possibility that having people there would have really upped the pressure i think but um unless you're rafael ruscio or andre bargnani i don't think you're going to be getting <laughs> booed at home um and i feel Fair like point. i feel like uh it probably would have helped with some other situations when we were down and we needed that kind of that hype to get back into it i honestly feel like fans would have helped um mm. but i mean we'll we'll never know because you know, you can add fans now, but that's not going to change the outcome of the games that have already happened. So we, we, we don't know for sure. But I honestly feel like we've seen Fan Fleet turn it up with fans, without fans, in a playoff setting, in a championship run setting. He was cold AF and ended up really saving us in the Milwaukee series onward. Like, I feel like he would have been just fine. And I feel like with the fans there, it would have been an even more celebratory moment. Yeah. I got answers for both sides of this. Um, I think that it doesn't matter that there are fans uh, because, sorry, I'm in favor of there being no fans because if we think about his, if you've ever seen any of his Rico Hines runs, that's just in a gym with no fans. And like, I know it's the way it's probably edited, but he looks like he never misses a shot in those Rico Hines videos. Um, another one in favor of that is that uh, since going, since missing a couple of games due to health and safety protocols, Fred Van Vliet has played in six games. In five of those games, he scored over 30 points. The only game where he didn't was the only road game. So the only game mm. where there were fans. Um, mm. So I guess she, I I think I actually gave two arguments for the same side. So yeah, I think no more fans. <laughs> <laughs> and no more fans, and let's keep it twenty twenty two. Let's 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 basically the the season started at twenty twenty two. We're six and zero right now. Let's just put it that way. Okay, uh, I think it's time to take a break because we're getting heated about Kyle uh, Fred Van Vliet not getting enough love on Twitter and on All-Star, but that's okay. That's neither here or there. He should make an All-Star, and if he doesn't, we riot. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more Raptors. Trivia? Dre? More more, more Fred love. More Fred love. More Fred love? Okay, sweet. All right, talk to you guys soon.
Uh, rumor has it Fred Van Fleet is still going. Uh, his streak is up to <laughs> 45 now. Wow, jeez, good lord. He's just, nobody has scored in between. He's just going, and uh, life is just good. Just go four, 45 and 0, right? Okay. Yeah, I, like, I love it. Well, welcome back to That's Rat, uh, a podcast by Raptors fans, for Raptors fans. Three questions for you, Jay and Dre. First one is Jay. Jay, you have to let us know. Did the Chargers win or lose? Are they are they in the playoffs or not? Oh, uh, why did you save this for the pod? <laughs> I did. I have to. So, folks, we were going to uh, record this on the weekend, but Jay was like, sorry, bro. I have to watch the Chargers game. Now, I don't watch uh, football. Dre, do you watch football? Uh, no, but I, I feel like I can predict what happened. Yeah, exactly. you can. Dre. Yeah, you can. <laughs> You know what? Let, let, let's, let's air things out here. So right. the, the context of this for, for non-football fan watchers is that final week of the season and the Chargers, who are my favorite team, have a very simple formula to get in the playoffs. Win and you're in. The problem is that the team on the other side of the ball, the Las Vegas Raiders, same situation. Win and they're in. However, due to how earlier games ended up, there was a there was this minic, minuscule possibility that both teams could qualify for the playoffs. All they had to do was tie. But that brings into the question mm. about like integrity and all this this other stuff. But it became very apparent, you know, as much as we like to uh, say that we'd love to see a tie and both teams get in, the realistic scenario is that both teams are going to try hard to make the playoffs, right? And the game was absolutely like I have to say, even even though and obviously you know I'm gonna end this with the fact that the Chargers lost and didn't make the playoffs, but I will <laughs> okay. say that it was probably the I don't know I don't know what what's the right word to use here most exciting game to watch. Uh, the it was the equivalent of the the Raptors being down thirty to the Mavericks in the third quarter. the The Chargers were down by fifteen points with eight minutes left, and fourth down conversion after fourth down conversion like i think it was something like six in a row that they converted it was like a miracle that the chargers managed to come back and tie the game with like 10 seconds left or something like that so miracle happened they go to overtime and now everyone on twitter is going crazy like all right guys just sit on this for 10 minutes like you're both in the playoffs like just tie but the raiders thought otherwise and not only did they win the game they hit the game winning field goal with two seconds two seconds left so they didn't even go into overtime no 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 it went into overtime there was two seconds left in overtime so it was still a tie game all the way up until the final two seconds oh my god no way no way and and I'm not I'm, even I'm not even I haven't even gone into all the detail of the insanity that happened throughout that fourth quarter and that overtime, all the different swings that happened. There should have been a camera on me to show all the different faces. And, and I don't, you know what? Let me turn this around to you guys. When you are watching something, let's say a Raptors game, and and you 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 want something good to happen to the Raptors, do you sit in a certain position? Do you make a certain face? Do you? Do you do mm. superstitious things like that? Because I did everything. Mm. Like I, I thought there was at one point where the charge made a good play and my, my hand, my head was leaning on my hand. I was like, maybe I should stay in this position. <laughs> and I did. And then the next play that happened that didn't turn out well, I changed positions. And then it happened. Something happened good. I was like, 
okay, this is my new position. I'll stay in this position. And they kept moving and moving until each position led to something good. So Mm. do you guys do superstitious stuff like that? Mm. Or am I just crazy? I, you know what? When the Raptors won the championship, I remember stand, I was standing. I was making sure that that last few minutes I was standing up. I didn't want to sit down because I was being super, because I was superstitious that, you know, we would lose it because, you know, you never know what Steph Curry. Uh, when OG hit that boss uh, game run against Boston, I was also standing. So I feel like it's not more so of superstition. It's more so that I can't stay on. I have to stand up if there's something big going on. And then at that time, I'm like, I can't sit down because I'm already in this groove. So maybe, maybe I think I just kind of stand up because of me forcing myself to say, I can't believe this is happening. And I can't sit down because that would change the position of where this luck is going. So yeah, yeah, you know what? Maybe I do. Nah, man, that doesn't qualify. I need like really really, like superstitious stuff. Like when I watch Michigan football or Michigan basketball, I have to wear a Michigan paraphernalia. Like I need to wear like my Michigan hoodie or a Michigan mm. t-shirt. I need to wear something Michigan. So that's, again, another superstition. Um, Dre, do you have any superstitions, sports related? Uh, not any, uh, not anything set in stone, but I, it's weird because I'm not a superstitious person, but I feel like I kind of just make up stuff on the spot where it's like, yeah. Oh my God. Agreed. Yeah. We're, we're, too, we're down yeah. by three. Oh my God. Uh, wait. We're going on a run. We're going on a run. What am I doing right now? I'm I'm currently sitting on this uh, this ottoman. I can't yeah. move. That's or, exactly like, what I'm talking about. Yeah, like you kind of just right? like make it up on the spot where it's like, oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. I'm like on this side of the room now. I got to stay here, or um, yeah. I really need to go to the bathroom. But if I go to the bathroom, I'm gonna miss it. I gotta stay. <laughs> it's, it, it gets really isn't stupid. It, <laughs> isn't it funny that like once that happens though? That regardless if the outcome is good or bad, that you're going to do that because of the superstition. Absolutely. If, if you know if you're staying on an ottoman and they lose, that means that you were sitting there for too long. If they win, that means that you have to stay there regardless. You know, like if you kind of make it up in your head of those superstitions, which is so that crazy because it's like we have zero effect on these players yeah. <laughs> yeah, that are exactly. hundreds of miles away, but in our heads, it, it, it works. Sorry, I totally went off on a tangent there. I hate football. Go, (laughs) I don't know. My backup team is the Bills, so go Bills. Please change topic. (laughs) Uh, Second question. Well, second question is, well, not not so much a question. More so, I wanted to give our our flowers to both JV and Serge because they came back to no fans. And it's looking like, and knock on wood, I'm hoping fans will be there, but it's looking like when Kyle Lowry comes back to the to Toronto that there probably won't be any fans. And they had a tribute video for Surge. It was a little awkward because there was no one there. And, and, he, they, and he paid zero attention to the video. And he paid zero attention, exactly. And then they decided, or the, I guess the Raptors PR decided that they weren't going to do any video tribute for JV, which I think was actually a very good idea. Because we all know that they had something in line. JV hasn't been back since 2018. And we miss JV a lot. So I thought for this next couple of minutes, I thought we could give our flowers to both of them because... We don't know when the fans are going to be back. We don't know when we can give that standing ovation to all these players who are deserving for it. So 
let's let's do it. Let's do it for them. Mm. I mean, I, le- I mean, maybe we can start with Surge. Surge was probably integral, not maybe obviously not the most integral part of that net 2019 run, but as a teammate, I feel like he had this swag about him that wasn't unmatched because watch so when they did the tribute video for Surge, half of it was my Fousey. Half of it was him doing something with the uh, designer clothing. Half of it was the, his play, of course, but it just seemed like his character was, if not more like equal to his play on the court. And both of it was bombastic. It was a lot right and i i like we i don't feel like we have that or we've actually had that before serge was so he i he was a tough guy but also a softy at the same time like he was always down for a fight but at the same time i'm like i'm so glad he's there because he's such a nice dude i don't know i miss serge i wanted to let you guys have your moment with serge as well yeah i mean Serge Ibaka is, uh, he was such an unpredictable player, but you knew that he was always going to give heart, uh, whether he uh, was the secret weapon of a game or he was getting fouled out because he just went off. Um, I, I was a very big fan of his, and I was very upset to see him go. And um, yeah, I think he was just such an exciting player where, I knew coming off the bench because, uh, you know, during the championship run, Gasol always started coming off the bench. I was always stoked to see how he would change and spice things up. And yeah, um, yeah, he's not like the number one reason why we won a championship. But I honestly feel like, you know, you could say the Milwaukee series was heavily a norm series or uh, our Van Vliet series when he finally you know woke up. Uh, the Golden State series was was very uh, very Pascal. Uh, even uh, you know Kawhi was solid throughout. You know, and there were there were players that had to pick up for Kawhi when he had his off games or his off moments. I feel like Serge, pretty much the entire series was at least entertaining or really vital. I wouldn't say he stole any series or any game, but he for sure was very integral for that entire run. There was not a moment where I was like, oh, no, Serge is having a bad time. Don't bring him onto the court. I was stoked to see Mm -hmm. that entire run. And just in Mm -hmm. general, even if he was having an off game, I'm like, Serge, though, he's going to be back tomorrow. That's the thing. His funks never lasted very long. He was just so much fun to watch and just such a a badass. I I loved him. I think there were two sides of of Serge that I – I miss and remember one is the the on court stuff, right? So his his pick and pop partner in Kyle Lowry that was an almost unstoppable duo yeah. in, in that sense, 100%. and always a go to if the Raptors were in some sort of a, a drought. I think about the sidestep three pointer over Ben Simmons in Game Seven against the Sixers. That if that doesn't mm-hmm. happen, Kawhi's four bouncer doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I think about the amazing, what was it, 12-point comeback in the final minute against the Pacers where he hits the game-winning three over Sabonis. That's the on-court stuff that I, I remember and I and I cherish. The off-court stuff is just as important, right? And, yeah. and it's it's the I do art. It is the, <laughs> the scarves. The 
It is the scarves. It is, you know what? Bringing it back to on court, if you guys remember during the championship run, he said that sometimes to yell out defensive coverages or yell out specific plays, if he was sharing the court with Pascal, he'd yell it out in French because the two of them had that language and they knew everyone else in the court didn't understand what they were talking about. So he would speak French to him. Um, or mm-hmm. the fact that he's just the, I remember before the, the championship season started with DeMar gone, the question was, okay, who's going to be our, our vocal leader here? Is it going to be Kyle? Is it going to be, it can't be Kawhi. He's quiet, but it very quickly became surge and, and you need that presence. And, that's something that was missing immediately once he left the team, right? And thankfully, Kyle took up the 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 torch. But again, his his presence is felt, and and you know, it, it it's kind of mutual, right? Because the second he arrived back in Toronto, he was, you know, visiting his old spots. He was putting it on IG that this is home. Like those those kinds of things mean something. And yeah. I think he's he's one of those that'll will always be a raptor. And you know, I hope at some point, you know, he's he is a free agent after the season. I don't know. Uh, hopefully he finds his way back here somehow. It it was outside of open gym, open gym is friggin' fantastic. I haven't laughed so hard in like a Toronto based video, I guess, because of uh how hungry are you? Like he he brought the team together in a way that we've never actually seen before. And he w- allowed us as fans to watch that team camaraderie and in his own way, like having a, a cooking show when he clearly can't cook. And like, come on, let's be real. He doesn't know how to cook exactly. And, and and then to make them eat things that, you know, they wouldn't regularly do, but that would also bring out characters that we don't normally see from other teammates, right? Like that time when was it, I think it was, I think it was Norm. I don't remember what we remember when that like bench mob, like what was on how hungry are you? And they like ate yeah. brains or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Norm or something who like OG, actually ate I think it. OG was in that same episode. Oh, right, right. OG was the one who actually ate it and everyone just went nuts. And it was so funny. And then like having Damar when Damar was, was a spur and then him having crickets and stuff like it just brought out something that we haven't seen uh, of other players, not just from Surge, but it just brought so much joy. And I've laughed so hard every time. And I still watch it sometimes just to watch How Hungry Are You and just remember those moments. And they even got Kawhi on. <laughs> it, it just, Surge was great, man. Like he brought a smile every time uh, to fans too. And just a swagger that we've never gotten back. Uh, you're right, Jay. If he if he is a free agent, like when he is a free agent, if he doesn't sign back with the Clippers, I don't know, man. That might be an interesting thought, a proposition. Give him, now, give him the Udonis Haslam end of the bench, yeah, yeah, seriously. Type person, come in for two minutes and have some two techs. I'm okay with go. that. There you um, go. Um, JV. So JV was Mr. Big Science, Mr. Uh, Tax. Death tax and JV's threes. He he was here for seven years. He was there as a rookie. He I remember when we drafted him, this lengthy, like Lithuanian guy who wasn't gonna be here when he was drafted. Um I I thought that 
he was one of the most integral parts. Like there was obviously Damar and Kyle, but the third person to me was JV. And the center position right now is obviously not apparent with the Raptors. But even when JV was gone, of course, yeah, you had Marcus All. Um, but Marcus Saul was even like he he was he kind of lived outside on the perimeter when it came to the offensive and defensive, and he was fantastic, Marcus Saul. But JV was had this center the center position down pack to a T. He had like a fadeaway jumper uh, um, in later in his career, but he had a hook shot, and and he was just the big center that we all kind of was hoping for after. Uh, to me, Antonio Davis. Like we never had anyone like Antonio Davis outside of JV, and I don't think we will. We have that here now. And when the fact that he hasn't come back since 2018, like I remember, he was wasn't he there in like Game Five or yeah, Game Five? Yeah, he of visited the, one of the I games. I think it was Game Five. Yeah, he was in the building. That was, and and they gave they gave him a, a, as big of is as big as an ovation that they did when Barack Obama was there. I think they were at the same game together. So JV was one of the funniest, the most light. Like if you see, sometimes I show, I look back at like JV's rookie season and see how like skinny and lengthy he is. It's really strange. It's almost like Steven Adams, like comparison. Uh, But I love JV, man. Like I really, if there is a player I miss the most, Damar and JV, those two, I I miss the most, man. So what about you guys? Yeah, Valanciunas. Um, when I see him on the Pelicans now, like to see that he's like up there on rebounds, you know, in the entire league, it makes me happy. Um, when he was in Memphis, you know, that made me happy as well. It's sad though because I feel like he still isn't getting his flowers since I guess. This is why we're doing what we're doing. But um, I think he's a fantastic, solid big man who um, I feel like still hasn't reached his peak yet and still I feel like still has room to grow. But I feel like in the same way that somebody like a Miles Turner is, um, it's just he's, he's overlooked. And it's easier to overlook big men in the league, I guess, especially if they're a defense over offense. But even then, I remember when it was an anomaly when he could shoot a three ball, and now it's not exactly foreign to his game to shoot that three ball. And um, he's obviously a hard worker, obviously always gives 110%. And yeah i mean he's a raptor through and through even though he's not on the team anymore he plays like one everywhere that he goes he's got that that determination that uh that will to keep improving and i feel like it's only a matter of time where i don't think new orleans is his last destination i feel like he's going to pop up somewhere else a Mm -hmm. team that's in search of a big and he's going to really shine and maybe even grow and blossom into an all-star over there yeah, and uh, you know, I guess similar to what I said with Serge. I mean, I've got one on court and one off court memory for him. Uh, on court, it was it was a game against the Bucks. He had that buzzer beating dunk that should have been an N one. Um, I think oh. the Raptors ultimately lost that game, but I remember that one. That yeah. that one specifically sticks in my head. Um, and then as it pertains to uh, off court, I think he has one of those memes that will, I guess, 
always be used by Raptors Twitter, which is <laughs> holding up the uh, the piece of paper with how many points yeah. DeMar DeRozan scored. And <laughs> yeah. people just keep reusing that. And it's, just, it's a timeless meme. So It really um, is. It really is. Yeah, I, 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 I too miss the uh, Lithuanian lightning and, uh, you know, hope he, he ends up in a scenario where he can actually have a... a a chance for a ring because the closest he ever got was when we made the Eastern Conference Finals and fell to the Cavs in six. I hope he gets a taste of the NBA Finals once in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. Serge Baca, JV, you guys would be in Raptor lore. You guys will forever be Raptors, forever. And when we do have the fans come back, you're gonna get standing ovations probably as long as Demar got. Probably not as long as Kyle will get, but, <laughs> but I think Surgeon Surgeon JV man, those 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 guys were the best. Um, all right, before we go, uh, Jay, I know that we had a little bit of a trivia going, and yes. I wanted to. Uh, I so I believe as we, we go through uh, it quickly, to, mm-hmm. yeah, as we alluded to in the beginning of the episode, Eastern Conference Player of the Week, uh, All Star Fred Van Vliet. I believe they were. The Raptors have had it that Eastern Player of the Week eleven times. So Fred would be right? the ele- so we're talking about players that have gotten this honor. So not necessarily times because you know some of these guys have had it multiple times. So we're just trying oh, to name okay, the okay, okay, eleven it. players. So obviously Fred Van Vliet is one. Uh, why don't we just go one at a time and just guess who the other ones are? I have the list here. I haven't looked at it. I want to try to participate yeah. in this game. Um, okay. Dre, let's start with you. Can you name one? Oh, I can name one that I know of for sure is Pascal Siakam. Yep. All right. He's on the list. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi. Okay. My guess would go to Kyle Lowry. Great. Damar. Uh, sorry. 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 I took that. <laughs> That's okay. Good. Uh, so you went with Damar. I'm going to guess. Uh, I feel like Vince Carter would have to have been one. Okay. Uh, I'm just writing down the list of names that I put first before looking. And again, I haven't looked the list. Uh, next one on my list here is Bosch. Mm. Oh, right. So we're at six right now. Okay. I so feel like that's maybe Mo Pete. Okay, so the guess is Mo Pete. Actually, I should say that where our list is actually seven because Fred is obviously on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, Dre, you got any other guesses? Oh God! So, I'll run through who we have here on our on our guesses: Pascal, Kawhi, Kyle, Demar, VC, Bosch, Mopit, and Fred Van Vliet, which is eight. We need eleven. Okay, um, so that's not like eleven weeks. That's like eleven players. Eleven players, yeah. Because um, like someone like VC got it like multiple times, and oh yeah, I would have figured. I was like, just eleven weeks. Damn. Um, okay. A shot in the dark. Let's go with. Uh, Alvin Williams. <laughs> I don't know. I'll give, I'll give Jason. Uh, just do you have a guess? Because I have one clue I can give both of you guys. Um, there's one I know of for sure. Danielle Marshall. Your guess is Danielle. Okay. My, my one clue to both of you is he is the longest player of the week. Like the longest holder of player. Of the oh, week. Norman Powell. Yes. 
Norman Powell won oh. Player of the Week right before the pandemic, yeah, so he was yeah, technically yeah. Player of the Week for six months. He was. He was. You're right. It was great. <laughs> Forgot it. Uh, okay, okay. I will ever take that record away from Norm. <laughs> no, hopefully not. Uh, okay, uh, I see we're running short on time, so why don't I just? Uh, do you have any other guesses? I've got like one. I have one, two, three. I have Jaylen four names Rose. I have on my list. Jalen Rose. Yeah. All right, the four names I had on my any more guesses before I, I throw out my last four here? No, I'm good. Uh <laughs> I had as my guesses Damon, Stoudemire. Oh crap. T Mac, right. Jose Calderon. Oh T Mac, yeah. But I think it because it's player of the week and not player of the month, I actually think Mike James is someone who may have gotten it. But anyways. Might have. Those might are our have. guesses. Let's see the list here. We have Okay, so Fred, Norm, Pascal, Kyle, yep. Kawhi, Demar. Da, 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 da. Oh, Bond. we've left out Lou Williams. Oh, so Lou Williams he had one. A... My gosh. Oh, you were right. Actually, both of us were right, Jay. Uh, Mike James won it once. Uh, nice. And Jalen Rose is your, yeah. uh, is your other one. And then VC makes it 11. But yeah, uh, there you go. we missed out on Lou Will. Whoops. Well, he was there for a hot second. And, and I, again, even it's just player of the week, right? So yeah, <laughs> I missed Lou Will. Listen, listen, shout out, shout out to Fred for being number 11. But all right, there you have it, Raptors fans. Uh, let us know what you guys feel about the game winning streak. Actually, you know, knock on wood when you guys are listening to this and when we're going to talk again because we don't know if it's going to continue. But for now, six game win streak. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, NBA All Star. Make sure to tweet that out. Hashtag Fred Van Vliet, hashtag NBA All Star. Uh, until then, Dre, where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. If you follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S, F-A-T-L-E.com, no spaces. I also run a movie podcast called The K-Cut, where we discuss all sorts of interesting stuff and give each other film recommendations of stuff that we've never seen before. It's a lot of good fun. Jay, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalasaurus. I've got my weekly column the wrap-up which previews the games of the week for the raptors every monday and uh you're also finding this podcast on raptors hq which is our home and speaking of raptors hq they've given me the keys to twitter so i'll be live game tweeting a lot more over the next uh, little while so that's where you can find me well done and you can find all of us on that's a rap pod and until then fred van vliet nba all-star that's rap.